I do have a, a point of clarification. I just want to make sure this is clear. Joe prayed that, that PJ and, and Ralph would get back in the country safely. They are not traveling together, just for the, the record. Uh, Ralph is in Mexico, and um, in the, New York, PJ is in New York. Even though it seems like it's another country, it's not. It really is a part of the United States. So I uh, just want to make that clear that they're not traveling together. So, uh, But no, it's all good. It's good. But pray for their travels. I thought that was funny, actually. It worked out well. <clears throat> and PJ would say, why did you even bother, Charlie? Why would you even bother mentioning that? Well, it is Advent season, and we're still working through uh, Advent and celebrating the, the coming King. And um, if you were with us last week, we talked about hope, right? And we lit that, that candle, hope, the, the purple candle. And does anyone, and again, if you're new, I don't ask rhetorical questions, but does anyone... Remember what we used for an acrostic for hope? H was, ooh, awesome. O was for others. P was for purpose. Someone got it over there. Someone had it. Nice job, Melissa. A little weak, you know, we're getting, we're getting down there. All right, anyone remember what E was for? Eternal life. All right, good job. That's awesome. Well, that was one way of working through the sermon, and, and, uh, and, and not my typical way. And if you're looking, today's title is Faith. If you're looking for an acrostic to work all the way through that, you're going to be disappointed. So, I know, I know. I, it, it was just too hard, um, and it's not what God intended, I don't think, for this morning. So, the title of today's message is Faith. Um, you know, Traditionally, Advent, um, when I was looking up a while back, there are multiple traditions. It's one of those things that um, some call this Faith Sunday, some actually do it as joy, and next week is love, and they mix the order, and some even call it preparation. And I like that in a way, preparing for the coming king and an upcoming um, holiday that we're celebrating. Um, but with that, faith certainly is a part of that. And again, just like hope, faith is one of those words that we use with inside the, the Christian realm, and, and we don't always have a clear, clear grasp on it, right? Faith is, is hard to explain, right? If you try that, if you try it with a, an unbeliever, faith, they, 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 they wrestle with that, you know, and, and they obviously put their faith in different things. But this morning, we're going to focus on faith um, as seen in the book of Hebrews, now, Hebrews is a little unique in and of itself. Hebrews is one of those New Testament books. I'm not, not negating that, but it's got a lot of Old Testament flavor to it. And again, it's uh, written primarily for Jews, and so it resonates well with them, but obviously it has a great message for us today. And it's a great reminder. And the Jews are really good about looking back through time and looking back in their history well, not always good about it, but they should be good at it, and looking how faithful God is time after time after time. And so it's a reflective in many ways, and looking back, and sometimes we need that as well, right? We need to be reminded of how faithful God has been to us. And so it's not bad to look back once in a while and to see where God's filled in those gaps, but to explain that to someone else, it can be difficult, and then what do we do with it, right? Always the challenging question, what do we do with it? 
Well, I want to give you some possibilities this morning as we work through this. As you see the, the scriptures up there, there's, there's a jumble. I'm not going to go through line by line for all of them because Hebrews 11 is a long chapter and uh, there's a lot into it. So I would encourage you to read it throughout the week, but you'll get the idea as we work through it this morning. But with verse 1, it gives us a glimpse of the definition, a small sampling. It says, now faith is confidence. I love it. That's my daughter. I can tell. Uh, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Read back through it again, right? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. It's kind of vague in and of itself, right? That's why I say it's a glimpse of, it gives us a part of, but it's something that we do not see. And, and people have a struggle with that, right? Well, I can't see faith. I can't, I don't, I can't, I don't know what it is. I learned this, I got this from somebody else. I, I don't know who to give it credit to, but we also have faith in wind, right? Can you see wind? Do we know where it begins, where it ends? No. Even the best of the best forecasters don't know that. But we know it's there, right? Well, we feel it. We see the effects of it. We, 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 we know it's there, but we can't grasp it. We can't see it. We can't stop it in many ways, though we try. So it's a good illustration of what faith is, but yet it's something that's secure. It's solid. It's an assurance, right? And there's that word hope again, right? We hope with assurance. And again, it's a guarantee about our faith. Explains a little bit more here. And again, what do we do with that is, is always the underlying question as we work through this this morning. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible, right? Right back to the beginning. Again, the Jewish culture is really good about that, going right back to the beginning. And you can see why the fight for creation is such a, an, an adamant one, right? Among the, the Christian realm, we, we fight really hard about that, right? Because um, just the Big Bang theory or, you know, that it just happened or over millions of years, those things don't resonate. That's not truth right? God spoke it. We read it in his word. He spoke it and it happened. And we know that. And again, that is part of our faith, right? We, we take that as truth and we build off of that. God's word says it, believe it to be true. If you grow up in a Christian home, that's, that's natural, right? Although even in the Christian home, when you go to school quite often, you're taught different things, right? And it works against that. Not all schools, but, but many. And so creation is a foundation, right? And that is the, a, a beginning. It's a, a one of many steps of faith, that we take that on faith. But again, how do we use that, or how does that affect us? And so the writer here gives us examples. Examples from the Bible. Again, this would remind them of the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. We have here in written word this morning. Verse 4 is just one of them. It says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. 
By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Again, one of the early stories, right? One of the tragedies, right? After the fall of man, the, the sin story, the two brothers, two brothers that didn't get along. Warren's brother's here this morning, and I was asking him, give me some dirt on Warren, and, and he gave me a little tidbit, so when I see Warren, I'll, I'll be able to, to mention it. But, but brothers don't always get along, right? If you have a brother, I have a little brother. Um, I've picked on him mercifully through the years and stuff, but this was two brothers that went too far. And if you know the story, right, so far that Cain went out of his anger and he killed Abel. But yet, Abel is commended for his faith. He's credited with the, the offering, the, giving the, the best, giving what God wanted early on. Now, Abel is not anything special. He's just, just a man who's obeying God, and that makes him special. But it's God that does the work. And he even says here at the end, he says, by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. Right? We're speaking about him this morning. We've had that through the years, that story, early on. It takes an element of faith to believe it, to know that it's true. And again, God has preserved that story for us as a reminder. There's many more here as we look through these, but here's another example early on as well. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one of those who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And again, if you read this real quick, you miss an important part. Again, the, the story of Enoch is important. Don't get me wrong. And, and again, he's, he's said to walk with God. He was close with him. He had a relationship with him. And God one day just took him. He did not have to experience that physical death that most of us will experience. But verse 6 is key to understanding part of this faith. It's one of those I've got highlighted in there. But it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Just think about that for a minute, right? Without faith, I can't please God. God wants to be pleased. He wants our lives to please Him. We were created for Him, not the other way around. Somebody, someone got it. Someone got it. That's great, right? But it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible. And again, there's some foundational things you have to have in your faith with God, right? One, that He exists, right? Must believe that He exists. You also have to have a relationship with Him. There's many things here. But that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him, right? He wants to bless those who seek after God. Again, He references Enoch here. He had that walking relationship with Him, I like to say. That closeness. And we talk about it often here, right? It's not about the religion or the, the things that we do, but it's about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. That's our faith, in a nutshell, really. 
That's our, our faith in Him is what sets us apart, makes us different. Again, I said I'm not going to read through all these, but it would be good this week to study back through them, but maybe you'll recognize some of these names. But It says, by faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. Right? And again, if you go back and read these stories, these are the heroes of the faith, but they were just ordinary people. Really, they were just ordinary people, just like you and I. The thing that happened to them extraordinary was all from God. Right? People who were just willing to obey God, God did extraordinary things. Do you think he's done using people today? Somebody's shaking their head, but are you still with me? All right? Maybe? No. No, maybe. Is that from one of my elders? Man, no. No, God's not done using people. God's not done using ordinary people. It takes obedience to whatever it says and wherever he says to go. Right? Abraham, he moved him out of his comfort zone and certainly moved him. Nor he asked him to, to build an ark, right? Seemed crazy to the world around him up until it started to rain. And it wasn't so crazy then. Sarah, well past the, the years, having a baby. Later on, right? Verse 13 kind of pulls us together a little bit too. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. You would say they were faithful, right? Continuing. That faith is a progression. It's a, it's a working. It's a continuation. It's not a one and done evident in their lives. It's something we can draw on today, right? That our faith has to be something that's grown and sown into and used. Yet they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And meaning that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country on their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Kind of stop right there, right? Again, gives a glimpse. They, they didn't have, really, what we have today. They were, they were looking for something, waiting for something they knew was promised, but they didn't know where it was yet. And again, they were looking for not only the promised land, but they were looking for the promised one. That's why this, the, the, the faith also works with that preparing and looking forward, right, to the Messiah. Again, we have the benefit. We're, we're the, I like to say, the, the front side of the cross, right? We're not on the back side, but we're on the front side of the cross. We've seen that already. We know that's already happened. We can experience that. They didn't have that yet. They were still looking for it. They were still anticipating for that. Finish verse 16 there. It says, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. There's that word again. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered up Isaac as a sacrifice. Again, just a, an illustration of what was yet to come, right? 
And we celebrate the, the coming of Christ as a, as a child, but yet the, the crucifixion is the, the end part of that. God sending his son for the sacrifice for us. So there was hints of what was yet to come, but not fulfilled yet, not seen yet. Abraham had to walk through that with Isaac. Drop down to verse 20. It says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he did on top of his staff. By faith Joseph. goes on and on here. By faith Moses. Right? Again, he uses these as examples, that, that continuous showing of faithful men and women both being used by God. Different situations, different circumstances, different times, but God, through the whole thing, has been faithful in using the people he's called. Verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea. Right? They celebrate that, that going through. They set up a, an altar on the other side. Praise God. They forgot it relatively soon, but they were reminded of it continually. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell around the army. Another moment in history. Verse 31 is an interesting It says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, right? Welcome spies and hid them, Israelites, before they attacked the city. Again, if you're not up on your Old Testament, it would be good to go back and read through these. It might be a good study for this, this week or even a couple of weeks. I'm going to jump forward in the story a little bit because, again, all these stories, um, I can't explain them all deeply, but again, it's faithful, God's faithfulness through them. We also see that um, faith, having faith in God and following God don't always equal good things or good outcomes, Right? You read those verses, you see that they had a hard time, many of these folks. Yes, they were faithful to God, but the outside world rejected them. A lot of times they were outcasts, they were rejected, beaten, and even killed. Right? Those verses all the way through to 38. But they were not forgotten by God. Verse 39 says, These were all commended for their faith, Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. But I said, right, they, they didn't see the end that result yet. They didn't see what we see today. The writer gets that, right? This is after the crucifixion. The writer's saying, hey, they were commended for their faith, but they didn't get to see what we see today. They didn't have the opportunities that we have today. God had a plan, and he was working that out throughout history. Again, it's that remembering back, right? God's been faithful with all these people through all these times over and over again, and he hasn't stopped being faithful. That's the good news, right? He's continued on that. Chapter 12, it says, Therefore... Again, we had to go through all that to get to where we are right now, right? Therefore, therefore, because of all these things, bringing you forward here to verse 1 in chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded 
by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Like I said, it's great to have faith, but now what do we do with it? Right? Faith is an action word, much like love and, and other words in the Bible. It's an action word. It requires us to do something. It's not a, a standalone. Right? But we are not alone, it says. I love the picture, right? The, the cloud of witnesses. And again, the, the, the thought would have been almost like the Colosseum where there were rows and there's people stacked around it. Again, the, the witnesses here is the ones he's been talking about, right? The, the saints who have gone on before us. I got to think there's somewhere in there, the, the picture, the imagery is that they're cheering us on, even to today, right? They're not only just watching us or witnessing what's taking place, but they're, they're cheering us on. It's like, come on, you can do it, right? Be faithful, hang in there. Come on, a little bit more, you've got it. You're almost there. That, that cheering crowd, that encouragement, right? But, there's a but with this a little bit, right? There's some things that hinder that. There's some things that are holding us back. Things that don't allow us to express our faith. Put it that way, right? That, that three-letter word that encompasses so much, right? That, that sin word. Yes, we're going to talk about sin a little bit, right? It, it says sin that entangles us, right? It imprisons us. It keeps us bonded. It, it holds us, right? Sin does so many negative things, right? Sin, and it's not usually just singular, to be honest, right? Sin's usually multiples, and we actually talked about this yesterday morning, right? Not one sin, but multiple sins. We get entangled in it, and quite often we have to or we feel like we have to sin some more in order to try to get ourselves out of it, and when it's just the opposite. We need to stop and ask for forgiveness. But sin is a bondage, right? It's a holder. It hinders us. It hinders our relationship, first and foremost, with God, right? Those are one of the, it's a, it's a blocker. It hurts the relationship, not from his perspective, but from our perspective, Right? Sin is something we do, we choose, and then yet we're the ones that, that cause the, the infraction. We're the one that causes the relationship to become hampered or hurt. Not severed, but hurt. And so it holds us back. Holds us back in our, our relationship if we sin against another person, right? In scripture, we've talked about that and how to work through that if we sin against a person. Um, but first and foremost with God, but with that other person, how do we make that right? We also talked about consequences yesterday. And again, if you weren't a man and you weren't with us, you missed out on that. Um, that's okay. But he also gives us the, the persevering, right? Persevering through it, asking for forgiveness, getting past it, re-engaging that faith, re-engaging that relationship we have, Right? And we need help with that. We need help with that. It doesn't come naturally, right? 
And I love how he puts it here in verse, verse 2. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Looking beyond that, fixing our eyes. And again, it's that, that fixing is also the same word in the, the, the Greek that means like to focus, to, to bring into focus, right? To narrowing down, right? Pushing things out of sight and pulling it down. You see, I'm wearing glasses for that very reason, right? Because I, I can't see. Right? It, it cuts it in. It, it makes it larger so that I can see it. It helps me focus. Same thing here. It's that we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Because he's the one, again, the perfecter, he's the one that's going to help us with our faith. Our faith that's going to grow. Faith that's going to be set to action. He goes on to say, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So as we're coming back around this this morning and kind of wrapping up this part of faith here, the writer gives us that, that joy that comes with this, the, the joy that if we do it right, and if we put our faith in action and we use our faith, that we get rid of the things that are hindering our faith, Right? fixing our eyes on Jesus, that there'll be joy for us. And again, that joy comes from knowing Jesus and realizing what he did on the cross for us. In fact, in a few moments, we're going to celebrate that with communion, right? I didn't work this out timing-wise, God did, but we're doing communion this morning, right? It's that reminder of what Jesus did on the cross for us, right? The way the way that we can have eternal life, the way that we can look for the, the thing that should spur us on as believers. Again, if we compare ourselves to Christ and what he went through, we, we pale in comparison. You know, the writer here is encouraging, don't grow, don't grow weary. There we go. I knew I was going to get that out. It has an R in it, so we were talking about that earlier. So don't go weary and lose, and lose heart. Don't give up. Persevere. Remember, you have people cheering you on. Not only here on earth, but you have them in heaven cheering you on to persevere. So what do we do with our faith? What do we do with our faith? I do have notes up here, and so, so I don't lose track. But what do we do with our faith? How do we, how do we show our faith? How do we show our faith to others? Talked about some of the things that hinder our faith, but how do we show our faith? How do we explain that to others? Start by what's the reason for our faith, right? What's the reason for our faith? Hopefully you could answer that this morning. I'm hoping that that answer comes pretty easy, right? Faith has re- requirements here, right? Saw it in the scripture, right? Faith has requirements. It requires us to endure. It requires us to persevere. Right? Faith during the good times is easy, but when it gets tough, that's when, I like to say, the rubber meets the road, right? Persevere. Continue on. Go through it. And where are we to focus our faith on? the last thing I'm leaving you with this morning, but 
Where are you to focus your faith on? So want to answer that, or where do we fix our eyes? There we go. Amen. There we go. I, I knew you were with me. Just, just checking. Right? So hopefully that encouraged you, and it's a reminder here as we're in that Christmas season, right? As we're celebrating Christ's birth, but also this morning as we're, we're celebrating what Christ did on the cross for us. Fix your eyes on Jesus. May your faith be evident. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. And Lord, we, we do thank you for those who have gone on before us, Lord, and that they've given us those examples of faith. Lord, we thankful that, we're thankful that you use ordinary people just like us to do extraordinary things. Lord, may you use us even today and throughout the rest of this week. Lord, we know you want to, and Lord, just help us to be faithful in those moments. And Lord, maybe this morning we're struggling with a sin issue. Maybe there's something that's hindering us from doing that. Lord, maybe this morning needs to be a time of confession and repentance. Lord, prick our hearts. Help us to be tender to your calling on us. And Lord, may we stay focused on you and everything that we say and everything that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. need a couple of my elders to come up. And again, as I mentioned, we're going to serve communion this morning. And uh, for you that are visiting with us, we, we have a, an open communion table. We have a, a, a table that is open to all believers. Um, it's not exclusive. It's not a, a membership only. It's open to, to anyone that's here with us this morning. And uh, we do that as family. We do that as togetherness and as closeness here this morning. But it's open to each and every one of you. But Scripture gives us a warning as well. And at point way, we like to take that seriously. And we like to give you that opportunity uh, to make things right. And, and again, if, you're, if things aren't right and things are not there yet, feel free to, to let it pass by. But in Corinthians, it gives us this warning. It says, So then whoever eats of the bread or drinks from the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. It says everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread or drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. And so what we like to do right here is just take a moment, a moment of silence just between you and God. Just bow your head, close your eyes, and just take a moment to make sure things are right before you take communion.
going to ask Tony Mazurka if he'll give thanks for the bread and the cup that we are about to receive. found the, the cup on the bottom has uh, the bread and scripture tells us, says for the, what I received from the Lord I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. goes on to say, in the same way after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this. And whenever you drink it, remember me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I'm going to ask uh, the music team to come up, the worship team, and as we are reminded this morning that there are still cups left, it's a reminder for us to remember that there are people that are still out there that still don't know Jesus. And that how great it would be that they would be here next time that we celebrate communion. And so it's a reminder and an encouragement to you and to me that we reach out and that we share that good news with others. So thank you. <clears throat> 